glad that you're here. Hey, can we give a hand to all of our guests? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for coming here at the first of the year to, to join us. We are glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, open up, open up to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, uh, if you then, I think we're good. Thank you. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. That's what we talked about last week. That's what we're doing right now with 21 days of prayer. Seeking the things that are above where Christ is seating at seated at the right hand of God and here's what we're going to talk about today set your minds number two set your minds on things that are above not on things that are of the earth can we read verse two together um, as as a family set your minds on things that are above not on things that are of the earth. Let's pray together and ask God to speak to us. Lord, thank you so much for your word today. Lord, thank you for your truth. Lord, thank you that, that there's something greater that we could set our minds on than just the things of the world. Lord, we, we love you and we thank you. Holy Spirit, would you speak more in a moment that I could do in a lifetime of, of messages? Lord, have your way today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Today's, I want to talk on this, on this subject, what's on your mind? Could you look at your neighbor and ask them that question? What's on your mind? What's on your mind? You know, we all live with a lot on our minds. We all have a lot of things that are going through our minds and our perspective, especially here at the first of the year. What are our minds going to be on? What are we thinking about? Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's our career. Uh, maybe it's our own health. Maybe it's our goals, visions, dreams, plans. Maybe we have big dreams and ideas for the new year. I hope you do. Hope you're believing God for big things. But so many of our resolutions are aimed at earth, aren't they? So many of the things we're hoping for are all about here and now and, and where we are. And Paul, writing to the church at uh, Colossae, says this. Hey, guys, I want you to seek some things that are a little different just than the things that you see here. And now I want you to seek some things that are above and uh, set your mind I, I love that part of what he says in verse 2 of Colossians 3 set your mind on things that are above and there are a lot of ways that we can do this and we're going to continue this message next week talking about our mindset and what we think about because uh, we move in the direction of our strongest thoughts don't we that our thoughts are like trains. They're taking us somewhere. So you are where you are today because uh, much because of where your thought life has taken you. And, and, and we talk a lot about that here at City Hills, as we should. I think the warfare and the battle is, is not so much in the heavenlies as we would imagine. The battle's in our head. <laughs> the battle happens between our ears. But as I was studying this passage, and our series is called Aim at Heaven, and we're basing this off of that C.S. Lewis quote where he said, aim at heaven and you get earth thrown in. Aim at the earth and you get neither. And so, so aiming at heaven. And I really just could not get the idea of heaven off my mind as I was preparing this message. And I just want to talk about what would it look like if we put heaven on our mind? What would it look like if we had heaven 
on our mind and that's what we thought about. That's what, where our world was. I feel like as a kid, that's where, uh, where, where, I, where I lived. I, I heard a lot about heaven. I heard a lot about hell. Some people would preach about hell like they were born and raised there in the church I grew up in. I heard a lot about hell. And I heard a lot about heaven. And I heard a lot about something called the rapture, where Jesus was coming again. And I was terrified that the rapture was going to happen before I turned 16 years old and got my driver's license. And and so that was my prayer. Lord, don't come back before I get my driver's license. And and now I'm like, well, I'm driving down the road. Like, Jesus, would you come back? I'm tired of driving. (laughs) But uh, I I remember one time uh, being at home as a teenager and waking up and nobody being there. And uh, call, I called a few people. Nobody answered the phone. I called my grandmother because, Lord, I knew if, if Mamma was gone, uh, the rapture had taken place, and I was going to be in a left-behind book somewhere. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I, we, lived, we lived across the road from my grandparents. So I just bolted out the front door, and she was out in her garden. I was like, thank you, Lord. You, you haven't returned yet. There's still time for me. And, uh, but, but I feel like I lived in this world about th- th- this reality reality of heaven and it, the older that, that, I, that, I, that I get I feel like that it, it's, 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 it's been something that's been uh, if, I, if I could say lost along the way because church uh, can divulge into all of what God wants to do for you here and now and can I just say God wants to do for you here and now he wants to heal, and he wants to deliver, and he wants to make a way, and he wants to bless you, and, 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 I, and I hope you believe that, and, and if you're part of City Hills, you know that, that's, that, that God wants to bless your life, but, 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 but I, I want to apologize here today to say I haven't talked enough about the greatest blessing that you'll ever experience, and the greatest blessing you'll ever experience is never something that'll happen on this side of eternity, but it's something called heaven. And I want to preach to you about heaven because the, 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 the answer for your struggle is, is not on earth. The answer for your greatest struggle and the answer for your greatest desire and your greatest dream come true, at, it will not happen here. That, that your greatest healing will, will, will be momentary because, uh, because w- w- death is kind of a 100% uh, uh, success rate right now, like we're all going to die. So I want to I just give you a new... A new thought. Something, something to think about that I believe will change how we look at the problems of our day. And this is uh, what God dealt with John about in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is not something that I read or, or think about very often. And I'm going to change that. Because this week I, I spent a lot of time just opening this book about heaven and I've been blessed all week long and so I want to take us to a man who had had a lot of things go wrong seemingly in his life his name was John he was one of the beloved disciples of Jesus he wrote the book of John the gospel of John and he was part of Jesus's inner circle and and he, he wrote about himself. I love the book of John because uh, the writer, the, the book John, called himself. He never said, he, he never called himself John in the book of John. He always said, the disciple that Jesus loved. <laughs> and I'm sure all the other disciples really appreciated that. But, but I just love that John had a revelation that, man, he just felt like he was God's favorite. And that's how all of us should feel. But, but he... Uh, 
he served the Lord. And I think sometimes we think when we serve the Lord, everything is going to happen good. When we serve the Lord, all of the expectations. See, that's the problem with the self-help Jesus of, of kind of the, our culture today is that that, that, that that works as long as everything's going good. But what do you do when things happen that you don't understand? What do you do when, when, when what should have went right went wrong and you're here not knowing what to believe? That was had to be where John was. John served the Lord and gave his life uh, to, for the cause of Christ. And it, 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 he, he ended up boiled in hot oil, boiled alive, pour oil poured over his body. And when that didn't kill him, they exiled him to an island called Patmos. And uh, where he was uh, alone, all by himself, surrounded by uh, prison bars called the sea. No hope to get back to those he loved. And he had been serving God. He'd been doing everything right. And maybe I'm preaching to someone here today that you've been doing everything right. And, and, and you feel like you're alone, you're isolated, and, and things aren't going right on this side of eternity. Maybe last year you've experienced loss. Maybe you're in the middle of loss and difficulty right now. And, and in the middle of that state of mind, God comes to John in, in the book of Revelation. And I want to show you in chapter 4, and it says this, And after this I looked... And behold, a door standing open in heaven. I want you to know that heaven has a door open for you. In the middle of his darkest day, a door in the darkness standing open for him. And a voice came to him and said this, Come up here and I will show you what must take place. And to all of us here today, City Hills, I believe the voice of the Lord would say to us, I've opened the door. Would you come up here in your mind? I know you're in a world that's difficult. I know there's problems surrounding you. I know there's darkness and I know there's pain and I know there's loss and I know there's suffering and things have not happened like you expected. But if you'll think on some things that are above, come on up here, I think God would say, I want to teach you about heaven. I want to tell you about a place that's been promised for me. Paul saw heaven, and here's what, here what his response was. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. See, church, Satan wants us to put our mind on our problems, but I believe God wants us to put our mind on the promise of God, and the greatest promise of God is the promise of heaven. It's the promise of eternity. Jesus said in John 14, let your heart, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he said, I go to prepare, to prepare a place for you. Does God want you blessed here and now? Absolutely. But he also says, never forget the greatest blessing is I'm going to prepare a place you got a place prepared for you that where I go, there you, may, there you may be also. That there's a place called heaven. C.S. Lewis said this, If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for this present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this world. So I called my grandparents this week, those that are still uh, with the Lord. My grandfather went to be with the Lord a little over nearly a year and a half ago. 
I called my grandmother and I called my papa and my nanny and I, I just asked them the same question. I said, why did your generation think so much about heaven? Felt like it's every song. If we were going to sing a song at the family reunion, it was going to be when we all get to heaven. Or it's going to be I'll fly, I'll fly away. Anybody ever heard that song? I'll fly away. It's just three chords and a cloud of dust. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so people get shouting. I had the hair stacked up, bobby pins all over the place. People just excited about going to heaven. I thought, Lord, I'm excited about now. And, 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 and that's a problem because now lets me down. I want to put my gaze on something greater than now. So I called my grandmother and said, why did you sing? And why did you preach? Why did you teach? And why did you write? Why did you think? And why did you dream? And, and it's so much about heaven. And, uh, and, 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 and here's what they said. I, I took my point straight from my grandparents today. So I'm going to share with you what my grandparents share with me. And if you're taking notes, here's the first one. They said, we thought so much about heaven because, number one, this world is not our home. I said, never forget, Brandon, you weren't made for this world. This world is not where you're truly going to live. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. That this, this world is that, we, that we live, that we're breathing in, that we're, that, that, that we're going to go home to, that, like, like all of the things, it's just, it's, it's not our house. Our, our true citizenship is, is, is in another place. We're just ambassadors here, church. That we're, we're, just, we're just passing through. I don't know if you've ever been out of the country, but that, that any time that I've been out of the country, I just remember, it just feels foreign. You just feel, you, you feel, uh, you never truly get comfortable because it's, it's, not, it's not, your citizen, not where your citizenship is. Uh, I remember we came back from South America one time and had really difficulty getting out. There were some, uh, there were some infighting in the nation of Bolivia and roads had been barricaded and we barely got out. We had to buy an extra plane ticket to fly over the difficulty. And I just remember, remember when we got to Miami those bags I remember crying and, and hearing something and, and, and I just wanted to kiss the ground whenever I got there because I just thought in the middle of all that chaos this would not be in America because that we wouldn't let this go on in America and when I got back home I was so thankful to be in my country can I tell you what it'll be when we get to heaven that we will realize we are truly home that this world we, we, we don't really fit in here we're, we're, it's foreign even the best of this world will never truly satisfy the inner longings of the soul I don't know if you you've ever been on a trip and thought if I could just sleep in my own bed everything will be okay and you 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 get in your home and you drop your bags and you just you fall into your bed and just say oh I'm glad to be home you know what heaven's gonna be like you're gonna drop every bag you're gonna drop all the suffering you're gonna drop all the doubt you're gonna lay into the lap of Jesus Christ and say oh this is what home was meant to be see it's like a game of monopoly no matter how much we achieve or accumulate at the end of the day it all goes back in the box it's like a hotel room. I've never seen anyone spend their life savings to upgrade their hotel room. Never seen someone go to Best Buy and walk out with a 70-inch OLED curved TV that cost them $5,000. I've never seen someone say, oh, what are you doing with that? Oh, I'm taking it to my hotel room for the night. No, nobody does that. Why? Because they're just there for a little while. And, and we, on the other hand, spend all of our energy, effort, time, mind on things that are going to end up passing away. God says, come up here, Brandon. Think about heaven a little bit. Because this world, it's not your home. It's not where you belong. 
It's not where you're made to be. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Even as I preach, you can feel the quickening of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God says he's put eternity in the hearts of men. When you hear a message like this, and when you read scripture, like what we're about to hear from the book of Revelation, something's going to come alive in you. And you know why? Because God put that longing for another world inside of you. And the things of earth, the song I remember singing as a kid, grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. Mamaw said, this world is not our home, so don't get comfortable here. Here's the second thing about heaven that my grandparents told me is number two, heaven is better than this world. Not only is this world not our home, heaven is better. He told me, he said, I think your generation has it too good. He said, when we were growing up, we didn't have, uh, we had an outhouse and we had, uh, we, we, we had difficult lives. Not many conveniences in previous generations growing up. So the, the thought of a city and a blessings of God was an incredible thing. And he said, I think we have so many conveniences here today in 2019 that, that we, can, we can confuse the two. We can confuse thinking that, that heaven is just, well, it would just be like a vacation home in our fi- favorite destination. That's what heaven will be like. And we, we, we just compare it to things that are, that are here and now and things on the earth. And, but, but, but I just want to remind you, City Hills, that heaven is better. Heaven's better than your greatest imagination. John, um, God showed John visions of what heaven would be like and I just want to read uh, some of this book that John wrote. And I would just invite you just to close your eyes and, and, and let your mind imagine this place that I'm going to read to you that John wrote about. And as you close your eyes, just imagine what heaven will be like because, church, I want to tell you it's better. It's not better just because of the mansions. It's not just better because of the thing. It's not better because of anything in the world. It's better better in so many other ways so many greater ways it simply says this in Revelation 21 1 said I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more and I saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying the dwelling place of God is with man And He will dwell with them and they will be His people. And God Himself will be to them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And He who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also He said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And He said to me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will come from the spring of the water of life. I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment the water of life. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. The wall was built of jasper while the city was like pure gold, clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city. For 
Its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city had no need of sun or moon to shine from it, for the glory of God gave it light, and its lamp was the Lamb. And its light will, by its light the nations will walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of that city, and on either side of the river, the tree of life. And night was no more, and they need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. That's heaven. That's John saying, I saw a city. It was like something I'd never seen. But the thing that stuck out to me about heaven was not just what will be there, but I want to tell you what won't won't be in heaven. There'll be no sorrow in heaven. There's some of us going through sorrow right now. And I tell you, there's no sorrow there. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no prison bars that are going to keep you bound as, as, as disease and sickness does. He was surrounded by the sea and he looks around and he says, there's no more sea here. There's no more cancer here. There's no more hospice here. There's no more diabetes here. There's no more hospitals here. And there was no death there. There were no tears there. There was no fear there. And there was no night. Not just what wasn't there, but what was there. That We have joy unspeakable there. What's, what's so great about heavens? Our loved ones that have went on to be with Jesus are there. I'm thinking this week, I've had this on my mind all week, and I got thinking about people that I love, family that have went on to be with the Lord, and oh, what a reunion that we're going to have in heaven. I think they would say to us, those that have served the Lord and went on before, don't quit now. Don't stop your focus. There's something greater than your wildest imagination. There's something greater than anything of this world. Second Corinthians chapter 5 uh, and verse 1 in the message, it talks about the difference between heaven and the world we're in right now. And I loved it. It said, compared to what's coming, our living conditions around here seem like a sleepover in an unfinished shack. <laughs> it's so much greater. Our identity, the Bible says, is in heaven. It says when we get to heaven, Jesus will hand us a white stone that has a new name on it. So your parents may have gave you, your earthly parents may have gave you a name, but you know whenever you get to heaven, you're going to get your true identity from Jesus. Your true identity is held in heaven. And the greatest, the greatest thing that's in heaven is Jesus is there. That we have unbroken fellowship with Jesus Christ. That God is there. We get to spend our days with Him. Revelation chapter 5, John talks about this throne that where, we, where we heard about where that water of life comes from, where the tree of life is, and where the light of the city is. It says that around that throne, he said there were living creatures and elders and the voice of many angels numbering in the myriads of myriads and the thousands of thousands. Do you know if you've given your life to the Lord, you're part of those thousands 
of thousands and myriads of myriads that this is what's going to happen when we get to heaven it says that those thousands of thousands i want to be in that number and i've made a decision i'm going to go ahead and start praising him now like it is then and here's what we're going to sing and say together worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing it goes on to say to him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever church we'll worship heaven is better we'll worship jesus heaven is better and i want to be in that number i hope you do too so this world's not our home that's what they told me heaven's better and my 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 dad's mom my nanny she said this she said no said don't you tell those people about heaven and not tell them that about hell too (laughs) that's what she said I said, number three, heaven's better because it's greater than the alternative. It's better than the alternative. See, hell is just as real real as heaven. And I know you don't like to talk about hell, but it's real. And hell was not a place that was prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell's not a place where God sends people he's mad at. I'm convinced. I believe hell's a place where you can go pay for your own sins if you want to. You don't have to. They've already been paid for on the cross of Christ. My nanny said this. She said, she said, whenever I was a little girl, she said, I was raised in a, in a, in a little Presbyterian church and we had a minister come through and he preached about hell. She said, I made up in my mind that day, I never want to go there. Church, I wish someone would make up in their mind from this simple message from a simple preacher today to say, I'm aiming my life at heaven and whatever the cost whatever the price to be paid to to seek the Lord and to give my life to I don't want to go to anywhere else but heaven I want to give my life to him I want to give all of my life all of my heart to go to heaven to be with Jesus whenever I read the New Testament I see there being two reasons for heaven two reasons to teach about heaven and to preach about heaven and what the writers write about it um, here, here's one in 1 John chapter 3 uh, in verse 2 it says beloved you are children of God now and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears he sh- we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is and here's here, here's why he says we should talk or teach or think about these things because everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So heaven should cause us, when you hear a message like this, it should cause you to say, I want to be ready for that trip. It should cause you to say, I want to get ready for that. And church, if there's any area in your life where you're not aiming at heaven, if there's any area of your life where, where you still have control and it's all in your hands, the writer would say this, this world's not your home. Heaven is better. Hell is real. And it would be a great day to say, God, I'm going to, whatever in my life that's not like you, I want to give my whole life and my whole heart for you. I want to put my trust, put all of my life in God today. So prepare for the trip. Teenager, prepare for the trip. I know it feels like your friends and school is your whole world. 
But God says in compared to etern- comparison to, to, to eternity, our 85 or 90 years, if we're, if we're blessed to enjoy that, is just a vapor. It's gone. Put your trust in Jesus today and get ready. Invest your life for eternity. He says, purify yourself. In other words, aim at what really matters. Let 2019 not be a year of fulfilling your dreams. Why don't you let this year be a year of saying, God, what's your dreams for my life? Because I want to do whatever you're calling me to do, God. I want to purify myself. I want to be who you've called me to be. And then the second reason that I see for heaven is to be encouraged. To, to, to be encouraged and to know that God is greater than anything we face. I want to conclude by reading one of my favorite passages in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul says this, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed for this perishable body perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality and when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality then shall come to pass the saying as it is written death is swallowed up in victory Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, yes, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Church, heaven is real. Let's put our mind on it let's think about it let's think about it let's put our heart there because we move in the direction of our strongest thoughts i want to put my thoughts on heaven let's pray together today lord thank you for your word Lord, thank you for your truth this is true this is true Lord, help us to set our sights not just on things here, but let us walk our world processing, thinking, how is this going to affect eternity? Jesus, I put my sights on heaven, put my sights on things above. I trust you, Lord. Stir this in our hearts. Let this not just be a message we forget go about our lives. God, let this be something that our minds never forget. Heaven. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're, if you're here, this, this message would be so incomplete without giving someone an opportunity to get ready for heaven. Here's what you don't do to get ready to heaven. It's not religion that's going to get you to heaven. You can't pay enough money to get you to heaven. You can't do enough good things or good deeds to get to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And that doesn't happen by your power. It happens by the power of Jesus Christ. See, salvation is not something you achieve. 
It's simply something you receive from Jesus. And I want to invite someone to do that here today. If that's you today and you say, I want to get ready for heaven. Or maybe you're here and you say, I've, I've been straight away. I, I gave my life to Jesus years ago, but I have not been living with this reality. I invite you to pray with all of us here today. Let's just pray together. Say, Jesus, save me. I give my life to you. I believe that you are Lord. Be my Savior. Be my God. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. I give my whole life to you today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.